Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you give us opportunity to hear your voice. Thank you that you want to speak to us. Thank you that you have something to say to us. So, Father, what I ask today, like I always ask, that you would empty me of me. And that you would speak through me, your heart, your words, your great love. Everything that we need to receive from you today, I pray that our hearts will be open now to receive it. Remove any blockage, remove any hindrance. Remove any distraction so that we can receive from you. Because we believe that you have something for us today. That you are here, that you are speaking And that you want to be with us so desperately that that you want to say something deep down inside of us. So we thank you for that and we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a great imagination. Sometimes that imagination has gotten me into trouble over the years. And it still does. In high school, it really got me into, into a real peck of trouble. All the time. Because not only did I have a great sense of imagination, I had also had a really big mouth. And the largest giant in the land at my high school were the football players. And I really loved picking on the football players. The only problem with that is I was very unfootball sized like And what would happen to me is that I would end up mouthing off to these, to these giants and would find myself with my own timeshare inside a locker somewhere and I was locked inside a locker by these guys, and I would have much time on my hands to, uh, to, to muse about my big mouth. And, of course, it never really did anything to change it. I, I, I had my own timeshare there. It, I went there frequently. And it's because I had, of this imagination. I imagined myself to be this, I had this image. I had this image of a warrior back then. I always had this image of a warrior being something like 6'6", about 250 pounds, sculpted out of steel. This warrior could use any weapon. He could fight in any fighting style that he so desired. He was a real tough guy. He, had, he walked around with a booming voice, a voice that, that had command in it and had authority in it. And he had this kind of sneer on his face that kind of... Well, maybe not like that, but it, 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 was, it was a sneer that was really kind of a tough guy sneer. Okay. The problem with this was I projected none of that. You know, I, I've been this size, except for my uh, added weight, since high school. I've been, you know, small. So I was not a threat to anyone. My, the image I projected was certainly not threatening to anybody larger than me. So this image of a warrior was... Not correct. It wasn't right. Um, there's often online. Uh, you can t- go to websites and you can uh, find out what kind of superhero that you are. You can plug in and answer questions, and you can find out what kind of superhero you are. And often, I, I come out as Spider-Man, which is my favorite guy, which is great. But sometimes I've come out as Wonder Woman, so I don't know what's up with that. So it's, it's really kind of strange. So it, it goes to show that. Sometimes we don't understand what a warrior really is. And that's why I love the Psalms. Because the Psalms, way back when, were my first inspiration about what a warrior should look like. 
and what a warrior really is. It gave me my first concept about spiritual warfare. The Psalms were great. They, they taught me a lot about the real image of a warrior. And that's what I hope to share today about. And starting for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about what a warrior looks like, at least according to, to God's definition. So my, my question is this this morning. Since I explained what, what I kind of thought about a warrior, do, do you imagine yourself as a warrior ever? Some of you might. What is that image? Might be very close to mine. I don't know, but it might be very different. But sometimes I think it's very difficult to imagine ourselves as warriors. But I want to remind you of something today. If you have bent your knee to Jesus Christ, if you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior and soon coming king, you have picked a fight. You have entered a battle. If you have entered into a marriage covenant and you had said, I do, you have picked a fight. If you have drawn a line around your family and you have stated, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you have picked a fight. You have entered a battle, whether you know it or not. You need to understand what a warrior is. I need to understand what a warrior is because we're in this great battle. This battle has been going on ever since Satan rebelled in heaven. Ever since he rebelled in heaven. And his first blow against humanity was, of course, in the garden. When he got Adam to Eve, Adam and Eve to believe that God was not good. He struck the first blow. That same tactic is, a, is present in his arsenal today. This is what spiritual warfare, according to what I believe, is what it really is. is the enemy trying to get us to believe that God is not good. He'll use lies and deceits and deceptions to, to distort our view of Father God and what Father God thinks of us. That is the basic tactic of the enemy when it comes to spiritual warfare. Distorting God's, our view of God. So we need to understand this warrior mentality. The enemy pushes the propaganda of, of God is not good constantly. He wants to, to get us disinterested. He wants us to get disillusioned. He wants us to disengage in the fight. And there's a psalm that warns us about this. And we're going to go through psalms a lot today, of course. Let's go to Psalm 78. If you have your Bibles today. And here's a warning. Before we get into... The rest of it. Psalm 78. Verse 9. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back in the day of battle. This tribe of Israel was armed and ready to fight. They knew the promises of God. 
and they turn back in the day of battle. That is a distinct warning if you read the rest of Psalm 78, and I, and I suggest that you do. That is not the way of, of a warrior, is to be armed and then turn back. As I said before, I believe that, that God shepherds our hearts with the Psalms. He massages our spirit with the Psalms. He, he talks about healing and about restoration in the Psalms. But I also believe he does something else. He trains our hands for battle, it says. In Psalm 18.34 says this, He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. Now you've got to be pretty strong to bend a bow of bronze. But you know what? That word also means break. Not just bend. Not just bend to hook the, the, the rope on in order so that you can shoot there, but it also means you're strong enough to break that in half if need be. That's how strong, that's how powerful God wants our hands to be. Remember the hands. That's, we're going to come back to that in a minute. So why is it important to learn how to fight then as a warrior? When my brothers were, came back from their Marines uh, training, from training camp and all those kinds of stuff, they used to try to teach me how to fight because they thought I was weak. So, but it is important to learn how to fight. Why? Because we're in this battle. It's important to know how to fight, that we need to fight, that we need to engage in the fight and not turn back in a day of battle. And this is why. In the Lord of the Rings, there's this wonderful exchange between King Aragorn, oh, well, he's not king yet, Aragorn and King Theoden. The battle for Helm's Deep is over. It was this big battle. Man won this battle against all the orcs and all the bad guys and all this kind of stuff. King Theoden is, is tired. He's tired of war. He's tired of putting his people through stuff. So he says, I will not risk open war. And Aragorn says, he says, what does he say? He says, to get this right, open warfare is on you whether you risk it or not. Open warfare is on you whether you risk it or not. It's here. You, and basically, he's telling King Theoden, you have to engage. You don't have a choice in this. The, the, the battle is here. The fight is coming. You have to engage. Aragorn's answer is to remind the king of the truth that open war is already in his kingdom. And the truth is that the open warfare is in our kingdom as well, too. It's in our communities. It's in our neighborhoods. It could even be in our families. There is The intent of the enemy is to separate us from God any way possible any way possible to separate us from him and to separate, separate us from his plans and his purposes. That's his intent. That's always been his intent since the garden. Thankfully, oh man, we have something that we can move the enemy back. One of the most fascinating books on the planet is The Art of War. It's read by probably almost every military academy student everywhere. And one of, one of the quotes that, that's so meaningful to me about this is this, Thus the expert in battle moves the enemy, and it is not moved by him. Thus the expert in battle moves the enemy, but he is not moved by him. So over the next two weeks, I want to talk about four things that I think describe a warrior. 
four things. I'm sure there's way more than four things. But I want, to, I want to talk about four things that God showed me that we can use to move the enemy back and not be moved by him. Okay, these four things are a warrior needs a song. A warrior needs a song. A warrior needs a childlike heart. A warrior needs a childlike heart. A warrior needs a strategy. A warrior needs a strategy. And then a warrior needs a stronghold. A warrior needs a stronghold. And this week I want to talk about the first two. A warrior needs a song. He needs a battle cry. He needs a battle hymn. He needs something to shout. He needs a song. And a warrior needs a childlike heart. A heart that absolutely trusts God without question. That is willing to believe God and take God at His word. These two things work together. They move together. They beat together. If you, if you will, turn to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is going to be where we're going to hang out mostly for the next two weeks. It's a very interesting scripture. I came upon it and it struck me, no pun intended. Psalm 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, the innocent, the pure, the righteous, someone that's untainted, Someone that is trusting. God uses the mouths of these wonderful children to speak praise, to speak, to sing a song, to still the enemy. When it says you have established strength, that means set a foundation. Set a foundation, something to stand on. The word for still is the Hebrew word sabbat. And it means to put out of sight, to get rid of, and to quiet. To put out of sight, to get rid of, to quiet. This is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. So what makes up the song of a warrior? If a warrior needs a song, then what makes what are the components of that song? I believe it's praise. I believe it is a proclamation. And I believe it's prayer. Those are the things that make up the song of a warrior. And they're all throughout the Psalms. And I know this eight, uh, Psalm 82 doesn't say anything about being warriors, uh, but the, the comparison is, is, is just great. See, God uses the praises of the innocent to move the enemy away all the time while we're pointing to God. 
And if you go to Matthew 21, we're going to go back and forth between the, the, the Gospels and, and the Psalms. So go to Matthew 21, please. Do a lot of Bible quizzing stuff almost. Matthew 21. Jesus has just cleansed the, tab- uh, the temple. And it says, you know, and the blind and the lame came to him and to the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, and he repeats Psalm. He repeats the same Psalm. He says, out of, did you, have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? That same word, prepare praise, means perfected praise. Out of the mouths of innocence, the song is a perfected praise. Think. Muse on that. Our warrior hearts contain the faith of children praising God. A warrior's mouth worships the king, praising and singing, all with a weapon in their hand. Go to Psalm 149. Psalm 149. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands. The Hebrew word for for hands, and in in the verse that we read earlier, uh, talks about an open hand. And it uh, indicates... Power and direction. Power and direction. Why is that important? It is God who fights these battles through us. Our hands have to be open to receive the sword that He gives us. To receive the training that He gives us. So that we can receive the power and the direction that we need in order to fight this battle. See, the battle is the Lord's. We fight against unseen things. We don't. What's the scripture? We don't fight against flesh and blood, we, but we fight against principalities. We can't do this on our own. We need to be trained for battle. When we, our hands need to be open to receive the sword that the Father gives us, so that we can receive the power and the direction, in, in order to know how to use that sword. This is true. The song that we sing to the Father is a mighty weapon. And worship is a battle maneuver sure to move the enemy off our turf. Because once we believe that God is good, once we settle that one in our hearts, once we believe with everything, with every fiber that we can, that God is good, we crush the enemy's propaganda by our words, by our song that we sing, by the trust that we put in his word. A warrior's song also proclaims liberty, freedom, and deliverance. I'm going to read you Psalm 22 in a Good News translation. Starting in verse 25. In the full assembly I will praise you for what you have done. In the presence of those who worship you I will offer the sacrifices I promise. The poor will eat as much as they want. 
Those who come to the Lord will praise Him. May they prosper forever. All nations who will remember the Lord from every part of the world, they will turn to Him and all races will worship Him. The Lord is King and He rules the nations. All proud people will bow down to Him and all mortals will bow down before Him. Future generations will serve Him. They will speak of the Lord to the coming generation. And people not yet born will be told, the Lord saved His people. That sounds like to me, that sounds like kingdom living to me. You mind going back to Matthew? Matthew 10. Matthew 10 says this, verse, Jesus is sending a, he's sending out the 12 and he's giving them a list of instructions what to do when they go out. And it says this in, in verse 7. And proclaim as you go, saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is the ultimate warrior. He is the mightiest warrior that has ever walked the face of this planet. And he delivered a kingdom to us. And he delivered a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He delivered a kingdom that we can freely live in. And living in that kingdom produces freedom. So we can declare liberty. We can proclaim his liberty. By reminding people. Jesus is here. His kingdom is here. We're not not waiting for something that's come. He's here. He He can save you now. Now is the day of salvation. That's the kingdom. That's what we proclaim. A warrior prays. And so a warrior prays kingdom prayers. The song is made up of prayers, setting captives free, and takes dominion over enemies unseen. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Let's read verse 6 through 7. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. And surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. For you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. And you surround me with shouts of deliverance. Where is that echoed in Matthew? Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. I like going back and forth. I like to see the scriptures fulfilled. Matthew twenty-one. Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree. Remember, he tore out the fig tree and he cast it. (laughs) Oh, boy. But even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. The prayers that we pray when aligned with Father's will can move mountains. It uproots deep-rooted things and casts these things into the sea. 
This is the power of a prayer of a warrior. A warrior who prays aligned with God's will can see the things that need to be uprooted, things that need to be tossed, things that seem impossible to move, deep-rooted things, a mountain-sized thing, taste these things and praise in such a manner according to God's will, and they are accomplished. That same warrior's heart, remember, is aligned with a childlike heart. And I want to say to you that, you know, it takes a... We need to believe in the promises of God. We need to believe in it. It takes a childlike heart to believe in the promises. But you know what? I think it's even greater. It takes a greater heart to believe in the answers of God. Because sometimes we pray things on the promises and we think it should line up a certain way that we think. And when God answers in such a manner that's unlike what we wanted, we're shaken. We start to to disengage from the battle. We, we turn back in the day of battle. But if we have childlike faith, we believe that whatever answer is, whatever the answer is, God is good. He is good. And we can trust in the answer, even if it looks different than what we were praying for. Even if it's different than what we were praying for. A childlike heart trusts in the answers of God just as much as he trusts his promises. Psalm 138. Psalm 138 sings well. And I believe it contains all three of these things of a warrior's song. It contains the praise and the prayer and the proclamation. So let's read the whole thing. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing of your praise. I bow down before your holy temple. And I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things in your name and your word. On the day I called you, you answered me. In my strength of soul, you increase. I love that. I don't know how you measure that. But that's a beautiful picture. It's talking about boldness there. And all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. Who's the mouth of the Lord? You are. Now, since Jesus is coming to your heart. Kings shall hear what you say about God. And they will come to the kingdom. People lost and destitute and needing a Savior will hear the words, the praise and the prayer that comes out of your mouth and the proclamations that you make and they will come to the kingdom. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For the Lord is high and he regards, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. But the haughty he knows from afar. And though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hands against the wrath of my enemies and your right hands deliver me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Praise God. Praise God. So, a warrior's song proclaims as prayer as praise 
And these are the things that we use to move back the enemy and not be moved by him. Our song declares the, the majesty of a king who loves us desperately. So a warrior needs a song. A warrior needs a childlike heart. Because these, they, the childlike heart keeps that warrior's heart in check, I believe. See, a warrior's heart, you can be a warrior and still turn back in the day of battle. We read that. But the childlike heart, I think, surrounds the warrior's heart. And this is where we can be at peace and at rest. Knowing that whatever God, wherever God leads us, wherever He takes us, wherever we're in the midst, whatever battle we're in the midst of, He is good in it. And what He says is good in it. And what He does with us is good. We need to trust. We need to trust. We need to trust in the God of our salvation. All right. How about some battle suggestions for the week ahead? Can I encourage you to dive into the Psalms this week? Look for more ways that, a, uh, that describe a warrior. Like I said, there's more than four ways. Dive into the Psalms. See what else you can discover, okay? This is really important. Make time for worship this week. Be intentional about worshiping this week. Engulf yourself with praise for this great God that we serve. You know, saturate yourself with praise. Let it become... But you've got to make time for it. Because sometimes we get so busy and we say these quick thank yous to God along the way. And we, we, there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to make time for intentional praise and, uh, and worship of this God. Now, and this is a question I would like you to think about this week, if you can. How does our life proclaim the kingdom? How does it proclaim that the kingdom of God is here right now, in us, moving with us, through our jobs, through our schools, through our everyday meetings and greetings with people along the way? How does it speak of the kingdom? What does it look like? And the last thing, could you... Maybe think about writing out a prayer. I write out prayers all the time. And the, and the thing that I find out, when I write out a prayer, it usually has praise and a proclamation in it as well. So it covers all kind of three aspects of a warrior's song. And I've been doing this for years. And I, and I go back and I read uh, uh, prayers that I wrote in my journal. And it's amazing to me how much they still speak with, with, with power. Because they're... They're not my prayers. They're the prayers the Holy Spirit is giving me. But you might find this as a, a good exercise to, to worship God even. So, so those, are, those are my suggestions. Next week we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the other two. That a warrior needs a strategy. A warrior needs a stronghold. Look at Psalm 8 too. Read that. See what it says to you about this. So the hearts can be... I might ask a few more questions next week and see what you think. So, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you have spoken to us. Thank you that you will continue to speak to us. Thank you that you love us so completely. And then you, uh, 
You will draw us to Yourself with Your great love. Thank You for that. I pray that warrior hearts would be released in us. That we will not disengage from a battle because we're afraid or we're uneasy about the results. We know the results. We are victorious in You. And You have defeated the enemy already. So, Lord, fill us with boldness. Have our, our souls increase with Your boldness, Lord. And fill us with your spirit as we go, so that we might speak of your kingdom, speak of your great love to everybody that we come in contact with. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord shine his face on you and give you peace.